This podcast is brought to you by Alliance Motor Auctions. Has your car shit itself? Then you've got to go with Alliance. It's the easiest way to buy a quality car at a very competitive price. Located in Moorbank, New South Wales. Call 02-9822-7200 or visit www.allianceauctions.com.au South Coast Window Furnishings. Have your window furnishings shit themselves? Then you've got to get in touch with SCWF. They service the south coast of New South Wales from Wollongong to Bermagui. Give Jamie a call for a free quote on 0408 812 007 or like them on Facebook at South Coast Window Furnishings. Elite Sports Physiotherapy. Has your back or another part of your body shit itself? Then look no further than ESP. Established in 2006, Elite Sports Physiotherapy provides physiotherapy and massage services to the people of Melbourne. Located on the mezzanine level, 13-15-1 Freshwater Place in Southbank, Melbourne. Give them a call on 03-8640-0328 or visit elitesportsphysio.com.au today. Also, special thanks to verse.com.au for putting the finishing touches on this podcast. Cheers. Hello there. Thanks for listening. My guest this episode is comedian and TV host Mel Buttle. Mel and I caught up and chatted about all sorts of stuff. We covered her life in Brisbane, stand-up comedy, hosting Bake Off, and her love of dogs. This is Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Mel Buttle, thanks for taking it easy with me today. How are you? I'm really good. I've uh, managed to get back on solid shits, <laughs> so I'm feeling great about myself, Dan. Um, I probably should let people know that we are currently touring with the Melbourne Comedy Festival Roadshow in India. Yes. No, Hence. I wouldn't open on that if we were just <laughs> at home in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. uh, how have you found the India experience thus far? Mm. Well, look... What a wonderful country. <laughs> what a wonderful place if you um, enjoy constantly negotiating. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind not doing a solid shit for about a month. <laughs> Look, we're in Goa at the moment, which is beautiful. This bit I love. It is nice. Here. This bit is amazing. Mm. It's on the beach, sort of like a really remote Byron Bay. <laughs> uh, but the rest of India, Dan, I don't know. I've... I've not loved. I've not loved it. Did you did you ex- experiment early with food? Is that why it's backfired? Or yeah, yes, yes. Right. I think that's a mistake I made because you oh you weren't there for the very first day in Mumbai, no, right? No. First day we all went out to some Hindu hotel in the middle of nowhere. You get taken out the back. It's pitch black. There's no like <laughs> lights on, and we're like, yeah, let's eat here. Let's definitely. <laughs> Let's order seven different dishes from this place. <laughs> so I think I went a bit hard a bit early. Uh, what's the longest you can stay away from home until you start going insane? Uh, I've started to lose it about now, I reckon. So what are we, about three three weeks away, maybe three and a half? Well, you are. I came. I didn't get to the Malaysia part. So you uh, would be I've three weeks away week. and yeah. I'm about two and a bit. I just want the simple things in life. I don't mm. want to go back to Australia to uh, be rich and famous or any of that. I just want 
I want a latte. <laughs> That's all I think about is, oh, imagine getting a latte and, and having bacon or just the most simple things. Um, yeah, I start to get a bit sad at night time here. Sometimes when it's time to go to bed, I'm like, mm. oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bit depressed. So do yeah. you stay up and watch a bit of, I, watch a bit of yourself on? Yeah, <laughs> I get some of my old stand-up clips and I think, God, <laughs> this girl's fun. I Now, I've just been immersing myself in things that make me feel safe. So I've been going back and watching old Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. sketches with – all my like Will Ferrell in them, like stuff that I loved when I was a teenager to mm. try and build that uh, big black hole in my heart. Yeah. Fill that in. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, did you want a depressive episode? <laughs> for your, I know it's called Taking It Easy. <laughs> what about forgetting to take your meds with Mel? <laughs> uh, you, you are the only female on this trip as well. There's, yes. There's three other acts and then two support staff. Uh, who are also male. Um, the boys. Did you have any reservations when you knew that going in for this trip? Was that something that mm, – like no. no. No, I was like, oh, because I just, I just looked at the names and I was like, oh, great, no dickheads, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I didn't, I didn't mind that there was no other girls, but I was like, oh, yeah, they're all cool. I could definitely easily hang out with those people mm. for a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, uh, sometimes I think it would be nice maybe to have a girl – Around, but it doesn't. I don't know. Everyone's mm. this. Everyone we get on so well on this trip. We're actually quite lucky. Yeah, yeah. It has been great thus far. It was seven days or six days to go though, so anything could unravel at any point. Um, I hope for you is Brisbane. Yes, Cane Toad Country. You're welcome. <laughs> what was life like for you growing up there? Uh, this sort of uh, well, I'm an only child, mm-hmm. right? And, and I grew up just in a very ordinary, normal suburb, just me, my mum and dad in a house. And then when I was 12, we moved further away from the suburbs out to sort of the semi-rural part of Brisbane, more maybe 40 minutes from the CBD Mm -hmm. on five acres. So, and I absolutely hated it because that was was high school. Yeah. None of my friends lived anywhere near me. I didn't appreciate the amazing serenity. Uh, I was I was like, Mom, drive me to Kelly's house. <laughs> My mum be like, Where does she live? Oh, I'm not. I've had a wine, Melinda. I'm not getting back in the bloody car. I've been at work. Um, so I, yeah, I I didn't like my teenage years that much out there in the bush. But now I would murder to own a house out, be there. out there. Yeah, yeah that is, would... it, is property out there sought after now? That it's it's like yeah. Perfect... yeah yeah. There's a lot of I didn't grow up in a big fancy part of it, but um, there's a lot of – it's like Barrel in Sydney or sort of Dalesford or something like that in Melbourne, maybe Mm. not as far away as Dalesford. But, yeah, it's – there's a lot of big million-dollar houses out there that I would love, but I grew up in just a a simple house with Barry, my father, and Christine, (laughs) my mother. (laughs) And school? What what school did you go to? I went to – for high school, I went to St Margaret's Anglican Girls School. Right. I went to an all-girls – very fancy high school. The reason I got sent there was in the my state primary school that I was in. I was uh, I d- maybe because I'm an only child. I don't know. I was bullied a lot, okay. and I was in a lot of conflicts. And um, so my parents were like, well, we can't just send you to the the one local high school where everyone you hate will be. So they started looking at other schools, and I my dad knew someone who sent their daughter to St Margaret's. Some business associate associate. So I we went there. We drove around the school. We had a look, and I'd never seen anything like this. Like 
it had two ginormous pools, you know, like a view of the city. I was like, yeah, we balling. I'm going here. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I, I got into that school and uh, and I loved I loved it. I loved high school. I'm obsessed with school, think about school all the time because I didn't get to go to my year 12. Um, like You know, there's like the, the very final day of year 12, there's like some sort of celebration Muck, Like a muck-up day. Sort we, of a muck-up day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was, I was sick on <sighs> muck-up day. And what happens at my school is it's a tradition every year. The year 12s, we go for our final because it was a, a bit of a religious school. You go to this big church in the city and ceremony with your parents, candles, whatever. And then <laughs> after that, you jump into this water fountain. And the teachers tried to stop it and ban it. But every year, the year 12s would jump in this massive water fountain. And I didn't get to do it. Yeah. So I still have dreams that I'm back at school. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I haven't done my economics assignment. <laughs> um but you haven't I snuck it. back to the school to yeah just to jump in and uh, jump into the fountain. Well, it wouldn't wouldn't quite be the same <laughs> because you meant to. What you do is you jump in in your. It's called your church frock. So we had a white <laughs> your dress. Church your church frock. frock. So to wear your church frock, it's white, and the girls would wear bright coloured um, bras and undies underneath. Mm-hmm. So when you jumped in the water, it would be it would look you know this sort of this gets on yeah. the news in Brisbane like. PE so, teacher yeah. would have been yep. close by, no doubt. Yep. Oh, girls, okay, <laughs> all right, you're nice and wet, fantastic. <laughs> Anyone want to touch each other? No, no, all right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I really love that school and I've gone back to that school to speak and, oh, all, right. yeah, all that sort of stuff. Excellent. Yeah. And you were well behaved in high school? Very well behaved. Mm. There was one incident in year 10 where a girl called Michelle, last name <laughs> I will not say, <laughs> Uh, wrote in a notebook that she would let everyone read that she kept on the top of her desk. Um, it was like a public diary. She wrote that I kissed Stephen Pemberton mm-hmm. at a dance, which I did. Very proud of myself. Okay. Totally did it. But I didn't want everyone knowing my business. And she wrote in this notebook and she'd leave it open so people could come and read it. And so I, she went to a, she went to this all-girls all school her whole life, so she didn't know how to fight properly, but I did. <laughs> So I got the notebook and I ripped up all the pages about me and then she tried to grab it back off me. So I grabbed her by the throat and pushed her against the wall. <laughs> and I was like, don't fucking write about me. And then she was still scrabbling for her freedom. So I grabbed her by the hair and pushed, smashed the back of her head. Not real hard. Jesus just Christ. a little bit. Just a light tap just so she knew. I did not think you were going to say Yeah. <laughs> Who the boss was. Like, yeah. yeah. And then at that point a teacher walked past and – Saw me fighting and no longer cared that she'd written something in a book and just saw me smashing a girl's head into a wall. Um, but, but that was my one big flare up. That would have you would have just have been untouchable after that though. Surely, like nobody's messing with you. No, no. Once the, yeah, once yeah. the throat gets grabbed, bloody top dog. And yeah, the head yeah. slammed against the wall. That is. Yeah, there were yeah. no more. No one wrote anything else in a book and let anyone read it after. All that. they wrote was "Don't fuck with Mel Butler." Yeah. <laughs> Um, what was your knowledge of stand-up in those high school years? Did you have any inkling that maybe that was for you further down the track? Um, I didn't. I didn't know if I'd do stand-up, but I loved comedy. I loved the Melbourne Comedy Festival gala. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at, in year eleven, my friend and I got obsessed with Lana and Woodley. Yeah, um, we watched a, like everything we'd acted out at school, and I was big into drama, so I would do a lot of 
funny things. Mm-hmm. Like I was the funny one in the class along with other people, not just me. So, I yeah, I, I used to get quite into Kath and Kim, full frontal, fast forward, but never not quite pure stand-up. I knew about Judith Lucy. I knew about Fiona O'Loughlin. That was probably it. So, no, in high school I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go and be a stand-up comedian. Uh, in, I think in my year 12 book we had this like, you know, graduation book where you write what, what your dream job is and I wrote play school presenter. So... <laughs> Still to get there. But, yeah, I sort of had some idea, you know, That's that I wanted to do. a possibility. Well, yeah, 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 maybe. Just don't tell them about the throat-grabbing incident. Nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, you moved to Perth mm. in about your early 20s, is that yes, right? Yes, yeah. So what took you over there? Well, I, I was I – w- so I hadn't quite properly started doing comedy at that stage. I think mm-hmm. I might have done – maybe one performance as part of a – I did a comedy workshop thing. I think I might have done that and that was probably about it. But then at that time in my life I was teaching. I was a high school teacher and I was very young. I was only about 22 and I really didn't like it and I wanted to get out of teaching. So I found a – I wanted a job in arts administration mm-hmm. and there was one in Perth with the Perth Arts Department of the Government. So I went there and did that job. And then while I was living there, I was like, well, I may as well start comedy because I don't live here. I don't know these people. Yep. If I embarrass myself, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Whiz back to Brisbane. So, yeah, <laughs> I kind of started set up in Perth, in the Perth scene, um, with some people that would – like Claire Hooper at that point was um, about to leave to move to Melbourne. She'd just done her first spot on Rove. She, yep. I think she'd maybe been to Edinburgh. So she was sort of a headliner who was on the way to Melbourne when I started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, y- yeah, right. So did you so you knew no one in Perth? No, didn't no, know anyone. Oh, oh actually no. I did no. My I did know two people who'd gotten into Whopper. The Oh yeah. 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 So I was like at least I'll know yeah, I did know two people, so I wasn't totally terrified of Perth. Mm, yeah. That's yeah. Western Australian performing arts, right? Yes. Mm, very Pres- prestigious. Graduates include Hugh Jackman. Yes. And others. <laughs> uh, then you go back to Brisbane after your little Perth stint. Back to Brisbane because I've done quite a bit of comedy now in Perth and I think I might like to have a better go at this on the East Coast. Mm. Yes. And you entered the Raw National Competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got through the final? Got through the national final. Great. Uh, representing Queensland, my home state. And now I, I was, uh, the festival actually showed me my Raw set from the national final in the office last comedy festival. Mm-hmm. What was I fucking thinking? <laughs> Whoa. I, uh, it was all jokes about pubes, basically. <laughs> it was just five minutes on my pubes, Julia Gillard's pubes, something about my dad. Like just, I was like, oh. And I wore thongs. Whoa. So many mistakes. We live, we learn. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you don't do any of those jokes anymore? No. No? Put them put Never. Them <laughs> no, they were terrible. So then in 2010, you performed your debut solo show at Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yes. Which was uh, well-received. Pretty well-received. Got a Best Newcomer nomination. nomination. Did that open a few doors for you after that? Did you start – did you move to Melbourne Uh, at any point around then? That bit gets a bit blue. I don't think I moved then. I think – what did I do? Uh, Yeah, that was useful to get the Newcomer nomination – Along with Joel Creasy, he was a nominee that year. I don't know what he's up to now, sort of <laughs> faded away, but I hope he's doing well. Um, 
and no, I think I'm, I, I was still in Brisbane then, still living in Brisbane, but going back and forth a lot more to Sydney. There was a few more little gigs open up, but not the world didn't, you know. Mm. I was still working part-time yeah. in a real job at that point, yeah. Like starting out in stand-up uh, is quite – like it's an emotional roller coaster when you start because mm. you're having good gigs, bad gigs, etc. Uh, and that's probably magnified when you have a bit of success early. Mm. Um, mm. How did you handle that? How did you find – um, I got into – I did – I think I did my first road show that year uh, in 2010, which was uh, – it was like an amazing experience, but I couldn't – I couldn't – I didn't know how to behave. <laughs> so, I was drinking all the time. I, I thought like every single night was a huge party. Yeah. You know when you first start stand-up and mm-hmm. you do have a good gig and you're like, well, let's <laughs> go out. Um, yeah. So, I was still in that frame of mind. So, I was drinking a lot and I remember there was one road show flight – from some regional town to another one and I was so sick to check my bag in. I was lying on top of my suitcase <laughs> in the check-in line having a sleep, wanting to vomit. So, yeah, I didn't didn't know how to handle myself around the alcohol that's available in stand-up, the mm-hmm. party, the big egos, the oh, all the – yeah, it was – I had to learn to sort of meter my energy out a bit better. Yeah. yeah. So, you, after the success of that first show, you – Started getting gigs in like on Triple J, a mm. uh, little bit of TV project, um, yeah. things like that. You're doing other festivals, things are going pretty well. Then you decided to have a year off. Yeah. You know, hiatus. I didn't. There was one year I didn't do Melbourne. I still wrote a show and did it in Brisbane right. that year. Uh, I, ju- I don't know what happened. I think I went – I think I, was, I felt I wasn't getting anywhere in stand-up or getting enough money to survive. So I think I, I took a term-long contract teaching special ed mm-hmm. and I was really enjoying it and I really liked it and it was so nice to have regular money, like proper money coming in. So I said, yeah, I didn't want to do Melbourne, I think. Yeah. But by the time I've, I did the show in Brisbane, I was like, well, this is brilliant. We should do this in Melbourne. Ah, oh, too late. Um, yeah, and you sort of regret it. If you don't do Melbourne, you watch it all on social media at home and feel left out. Yeah. But if you do it, you're like, oh, I'm away from home. That's <laughs> so sad. Yeah. Yeah, you sort of can't win. Yeah, how was that job, the, the term job? I liked it's, it. It was special, so special needs Special kids? needs high school kids. High school kids, kids, right. And, yeah, it was a really great school. It's still my favourite school. I'm, I would, yeah, I'm still in touch with a lot of the teachers there. And it was cooking. It was teaching them... Uh, yeah, cooking, but also when you're in the cooking class, there's like only like six kids, and you you embed all the maths and the English and everything into into that class. Yeah, right. And they love it because they get to eat a biscuit or something at the end. So yeah, yeah. so I had a great time actually. Yeah, uh, is teaching something you think you could ever go back to if you wanted to? No, have a, no, no, no. <laughs> no. I've had it too good now. I've had it too sweet. Um, you do. You a very good teacher. Voice. You've done it to us on this trip. Thank Quite you, Daniel. Lot. Put us into place. Yes, and I have noticed your behaviour. <laughs> this trip has been, well, for someone who's heading into senior school, a little bit appalling. I don't think I could go back full time, but if, if stuff happened and I had to pop back into a school for a couple mm. of weeks or something, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm a failure. I'd, I'd probably like it and get some stories out of it. Um, that's that's been one of my main problems. Is the more I got into stand up, just just doing comedy or other stuff like writing or whatever, you don't go outside, you don't go anywhere. Your whole world is mm. 
you go on a plane, you stay in a hotel, you do stand up. There's you don't get any stories anymore. No, so yeah, I, that's, that's the tough. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, I don't. Nothing's happened to me, and I realized nothing had happened to me for a year. So that's why I was not that reluctant to go back and teach for a bit because um, I needed I needed some yarns. Yeah. So then you come back and you sort of take off again. Things are going well. Yep. Various TV, writing, radio. Uh, different roles that you pick mm-hmm. up. Then in 2015, possibly your biggest gig comes around. Yes. You get the co-hosting role on The Great Australian Bake Off. That's right. With Claire Hooper. I did. I did. We're, you must have been pretty pumped to get that. Uh, that is like – because I've been saying to my agent for years, they're always like, what do you want to do? Where, where, where do you want to be? Whatever. And I'm like, I want – my dream is food. I love food. I mm. – I, I, I was like, if there's some sort of funny food show, that is all I would want to do. And then I got the audi- I got the chance to audition for Bake Off, and I was like, oh, this this is. And I knew Bake Off because I was a fan of the British mm. one, so I knew it. Uh, and I knew it has two female funny hosts. So I was like, well, I've got to find two somewhere. And I went to the audition, and I actually had to take. I was back teaching at that point, so I had to take a sick day. Yeah. To go to fly down to Sydney to audition, and I thought, you know what, you've got no hope of getting this. It's going to go to the usual suspects. Why don't you just cut loose and have a really fun time? Yeah. And I did, and obviously it worked. And then there was a second final callback audition, uh, actually in Manu's Manu's house. Like <laughs> really? it's really odd. Yeah, it was like in underneath his house. He has a like a full kitchen where he must test out recipes and film stuff. And right. he had his like Dancing with the Stars trophy and a Logie sitting around. <laughs> and yeah, so we went went back there. It was just me and one other female who I, I won't name who didn't get the job. So mm. obviously they were trying to rule her in or out and or me in or out. And then from there, yeah, I get the call that I've got it and Claire Hooper is my co-host. Yeah, wow. Did you have much experience with baking before that? Were you a baker no. yourself? No, I'm not. I'm not a huge baker. I, like I'm, I cook. I love savoury. Mm. I'd rather cook dinner and buy dessert. Um, but I, I thought I knew enough, and I do. I knew enough, like about bake baking and stuff to survive. But it's also better to not know everything. So when you go into chat to a, a baker, you're like, what? Are, oh, what are you doing? Why are you doing that for? And then it's you're sort of the the eyes of the home viewer who yeah. doesn't know what why they're you know doing that either so it's kind of good to ask and to not be an expert yeah right and mm. how does an audition work for a show like that do you just sort of sniff a bun and yeah give a nod and yeah i had to uh eat six sausage rolls and uh drink a chalky milk so <laughs> yeah. uh what was it they sort of just what they did it was they got extras to pretend to bake cakes and bake in ice cakes mm-hmm. so the extras weren't baking experts either and in pairs um we just sort of went up to them and had a chat and asked them what they're doing and tried to be funny, yeah. I guess. And yeah, it worked out. Yeah. And can you give us a scoop on what Maggie Beer is really like? Maggie is an angel from heaven. <laughs> She's also a multimillionaire. <laughs> uh, she is exactly how she is. Like, how she is in TV shows is how she is off stage. And she's lo- she's ap- lovely to everyone. She's always invited me to the Barossa. She's always like, come and really? stay. Um, I haven't cashed that in yet. I oh, you've got to take that. Yeah, she's like, come, just come and say it. So in she the has a big. House. She's got like on her farm. Not, oh, I get confused. So she doesn't where the farm, the farm and the restaurant is, 
is not where she actually lives or something. So you can go and stay. Like she has accommodation mm. um, that you can rent out and stuff and stay at the farm, I think it's called. So she's like, yeah, come and stay at the farm. Yeah, she's great actually. She does not like chilli. She does <laughs> not like chai flavour oh. and she prefers walnuts over pecans. It's, you know her quite well. <laughs> Red hot insights. <laughs> uh, and have you started baking at home as a result? Um, I've, I've started doing more things of, with puff pastry. So I haven't made the puff pastry, but I've bought really top quality puff pastry that comes from the Barossa that Maggie told me about, <laughs> <laughs> my good mate. Um, so I've been doing a few more homemade sausage rolls and stuff like that. So not really baking sweet things, but I, I'm more of a savoury Right. Person, yeah. Have you ever – I imagine there'd be contestants on there that you wouldn't like instantly or just eventually? Um, it's like it, – what it feels like is kind of – it's sort of like this tour or, or like school <laughs> camp. It's like there's no one you hate but it's kind of like, oh, my God, if Monica talks about her pet guinea pig one more time, I'm going to – fucking flip my lid you know what I mean yeah Yeah. so uh, you spend a lot of time together like so they're they're in there we're with the contestants I don't know from 7am till in the first few weeks at least 10pm all day every day Mm. and like you can you can eat lunch with them or you could go in your trailer I mean it's up to you (laughs) um no but they're sort of they're not your classic reality show contestants so they're not absolute assholes they're just like they're really just people from home but some of them do have it's just the little things like they don't like they hit their mic and stuff so they'll yeah. talk and they'll hit their chest and then we'll have to do that again and in your head you're like oh! <laughs> so you've missed a whole chunk that you've just done yeah. because they tap their chest and then your joke's not as funny the second time you know nah, so yeah. yeah so I don't, I don't I'm not like oh I fucking hate your guts but, um, so you've never just turned a, an oven down sort of from 180 <laughs> down to 140? No, I've never uh, – no, no. They're actually quite good people. I'm friends with all of them on Facebook. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And new season coming out 2019? Yes, yeah. I haven't had the dates confirmed, but, yeah, mm. it's all done. It's all in the can, so that's it will exciting. be out. You're listening to Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Hey, before we go back to the podcast, I want to tell you about someone. That someone is Melbourne-based photographer Nicole Reed. One of the most sought-after photographers going around, Nicole has taken photos for all sorts of people. Comedians like Peter Hellyer and Anne Edmonds, musical acts like the Hilltop Hoods, and sports stars like Buddy Franklin. If you want to see how great her work is, I suggest you head over to her Instagram page. It's Nicole Reed Photographer. While you're at it, you may as well jump on her website, which is www.nicolereed.photography. Get in contact and book in a shoot today. Now let's get back to the podcast. So now with your stand-up, do you do you try to sort of weave a bit of bake-off or cooking, baking material mm. into your stand-up? Because you're going to have fans that watch that show yeah, come I, and see your life? I ask in my shows like who's here from Bake Off and sometimes there's like up to three woos. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I sort of mention it. I, I try to make it as more universal because not everyone knows that show, but I'll talk mm. about maybe Maggie Beer on stage or something like that yeah. that more people might be able to relate to. But, yeah, I do I do love food. I'm obsessed with it. Now, I want to talk to you about another one of your loves, yeah. passions. I've noticed 
on this trip because we've probably seen upwards of a thousand stray dogs. Oh yeah, that would yes. be that'd be a pretty yeah good estimate, wouldn't it? Yep, yeah, I reckon. And I think you've probably spoken in dog language to <laughs> nine hundred eighty of them. Yeah, um, I like to connect. Hello, Poochie, and yeah. as such. Um, when you grew up on that, you know, the big property when mm. you were younger, did you have dogs then? Was that a we had one dog there for a little bit. We had a cattle dog. Um, but sad story, he kept biting my mum, so he had to go. Oh, so no. he just hated my mum's guts. So, <laughs> but yeah, and oh no, then, no, that's what, no, no. Then we had another dog. I forgot. Oh my god, I forgot about Polly. Then after that dog, we had a beagle who. Okay. I I love Beagle. She was so great. But Beagles are naughty dogs. They're hard to train. She ran away all the time. It'd be very stressful. You'd come home and she'd just be missing. And like, oh, Polly's gone. Um, yeah, I wasn't fully into dogs when I was little. I was still a little bit afraid of a lot mm. of dogs. But now I've learned to to read their body language a bit better. And you own a dog. I am a proud. Owner of a dog, yes. Ruby. Ruby, mm. my baby. <laughs> She's my little baby. Uh, you can go to your Instagram to check out exactly yeah. what she looks like. Yes, plenty of shots there. And you've also, you started a, this is when you've got a bit of quiet time in Brisbane, you started mm. a doggy daycare. Business, yeah, right? I did. I did. That was, when was that, last year or this year? I can't keep up. I think it was last year. Yeah, I realised most most of my work finish, finishes in November, September, mm-hmm. and then you, that's show writing season. So that's when you've got to you're meant to be writing your new festival hour for next year, September through the summer. So I was like, why don't I? I love dogs. I need sunshine. I need exercise. What? Because I had nothing to do like in the days. So when you in comedy, it's like, well, I'll, I might have to pop out tonight for twenty minutes and do a gig, but I've got nine hours to fill until then. So yeah, I just like put up this thing on Instagram and Facebook. I was like, yeah. I'll, these are my prices. I'll walk your dogs, and I loved it. I, yeah. I got it's so good, <laughs> so good. And it wasn't it wasn't heaps of money, but it gave me it gave me a whole show. My show last year, yeah. which was called Dog Bitch, which was about <laughs> yeah meeting people who are just obsessed with their five thousand dollar dog or yeah. yeah. So you would go and pick them up from yep. the house, and then just take them on a bit of an adventure. I would, yeah. So I would do them all individually to reduce conflict and yeah. whatever. So, yeah. So I would just drive to Jimmy's house, pick Jimmy up, <laughs> take Jimmy to the river for a swim, throw a stick, drop him home, then it's time to go and get Nala. <laughs> get Nala, take her to the park. She loves a ball, throw the ball, drop her home. So it's a lot of like just my car was just full of all these different people's keys, mm. just like <laughs> flicking through keys going, fuck, where's Hazel's key? <laughs> Um, but it was great. It was really, it was really good, and people were very grateful. Like one, I walked a dog called Sooty, a little <laughs> cavoodle, a black cavoodle, and Sooty sent me a Christmas present with a photo of him on Santa's lap. <laughs> so cute. And then another Hazel's owners, Hazel's owners saw that I'd been broken up. I ended a relationship, and they, when I turned up to walk Hazel, had they'd got me like. Chocolate and a card and being like, breakups are hard. Lots of love from Hazel. I was like, oh, yeah. They're so nice. Dog people are good people. Did you come across any naughty dogs or hairy situations you found yourself in? Um, Jimmy Jimmy was a a bull Arab cross boxer. He was a very, (laughs) very big dog and – it was. It's really hot in Brisbane. Jimmy was the only dog I would put with my personal dog Ruby. They were mm-hmm. very good friends. They were about the same breed and size, so they got on. 
and I took them both for a swim in the Brisbane River on this really hot day. And I'm trying to film it for the owners on my iPhone so the owner can see, yes, I've got your dog. He's having a great time. And I wanted to reach out to get this stick, a really good stick to throw for Jimmy. And just as I reached, like I'm up to my like knees probably, I reached and the boat ramp dropped off, you know, when you just can't see. And then I'm f- up to my head. I'm holding my iPhone above and Ruby and Jimmy just think, it's like a fun game. They both just swam <laughs> over to me and they're like, <laughs> like trying to drown me and I'm trying to fight off two huge dogs and maintain my iPhone above water uh, and not die. But Jimmy was like, <laughs> splash, splash, splash. Um, so there's always stuff like that when you walk dogs. But no, there were no, no naughty no naughty dogs. Mm. And that would have been good content though. Was the video usable? Video was usable. Yes, yep. yeah, I just edited it up until the point where I slipped over and started swearing, yeah. Um, so you are ta- you're doing a new show for festival in 2019? Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Uh, it's called Welcome Aboard yeah. and it is a show about kind of what we're doing now, travelling for comedy, mm-hmm. uh, the effect of that on relationships a little bit and – uh, yeah, it's it's kind of ins- – there'll be uh, lots of other, you know, normal jokes. It's not all about, you know, mm. that time we're in India. Yeah, move, move. yeah, it's not that – it's not travel stories. But um, I just thought of it because my style icon <clears throat> is Deborah Hutton. Yeah. And when I was little, you'd get on a plane and Deborah Hutton would say, welcome aboard. <laughs> and I'd be like, thanks, Deborah. So, yeah, I just wanted to call it welcome aboard because I love that old contest glamour era. Yeah. Yeah. It is tough, uh, obviously, with a massive part of stand-up is travel. You need to travel to do mm. festivals, mm-hmm. uh, you get corporate gigs interstate. And it does, uh, I know a lot of comics that are single, but it does you know, put strains on yeah. relationships. Uh, makes for good material, though, as well, yeah. I guess, that sort of thing. Um, I know I, uh, being in a relationship, try to keep it to, I, don't know, I guess this year I've probably been away for about – Three months total. Mm, yeah, that's that would good. kind of be out of Melbourne. That is, uh, that's kind of. Mm. I wouldn't want to do any more than that. Uh, no, it's I'd, hard. Yeah, I don't know how people are continually just f- flying everywhere because you, you can't you can't mm. keep a relationship going. No, um, it's quite tough. I, I don't. Well, India is, is is harder, but yeah, if I'm in Sydney or Melbourne for a long time, at least you can fly home or fly your partner to where you are if you're mm. there for, uh, you know, over a weekend or something. But, yeah, it is – this is a – so, uh, yeah, I'm, we're both away now in India for, for a big chunk, for a month. Then next year I will have to go away to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. That's mm. a month. And then bake off six weeks. So that's already like bordering on four months away before I've even sort of started the year, like got yeah. into other stuff. So, yeah, I'm always away. But I don't – I don't know. I don't like it, but it's just you just have to get used to it. You just have to learn to, I don't know, FaceTime and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and it is much better today. You can do that FaceTiming mm. and mm. pop onto Facebook and get that going, bit of Skype or something. Um, what's your what's your process for writing a new show? We're in November now. Uh, <laughs> so when would you start your first show next year? Um, I've sort of – I've got a – I don't have a formal process, but I've sort of been – I like to muck around at open mics a lot mm-hmm. uh, so I don't sit at a laptop and write joke jokes. It sort of has never worked for me. So I sort of wait for something to happen or I think of a funny 
angle or something yeah. and I will write it down in my phone as a little note so I've got a record of it, then jump up at an open mic, do a few old jokes, chuck it in the middle, see if it works, do that a few times. Then I will write my show out in, in full, like get a Word document, just yeah. have a record of – and so I can move bits around. Like, mm. um, So my process is really like on my feet, I guess, like in the moment. Um, yeah, I kind of need that audience – pressure to come up with something. I don't yeah. know. Any jokes that I think in my head that I that a little switcheroo or a wordplay, they never they never seem to work on stage. There's no for me, my jokes have to have a story. It has to be true. There has to be some emotion in it. Um mm. otherwise I sort of I can't remember it. I can't remember one liner jokes yeah. or, or lies on stage. Yeah. And deadlines also help too, don't deadlines they? Deadlines are great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And the Brisbane scene, well, just you still live in Brisbane, yes, which is a smaller scene on the Australian. Mm, mm. You know, it's probably maybe the third or mm. fourth, even yeah. fifth size wise now. Uh, do you find you can still get up as much as you need to? Oh yeah, scene? yeah, yeah. That's the the amazing thing. Now there's so many people running little rooms that are monthly or fortnightly, and they're in uh, sweet little venues. Yeah, I, I'm. I sort of say when it's festival writing season like now, I say to everyone that runs a room, I'm like, hey, I might not be available but if anyone drops out, just let me know and I might be keen to do a spot. And yeah. um, I just – I sort of say, yeah, put me on your, your wait list so I can jump up. And if I don't have something to do, I won't go and do the gig. But, yeah, it, Brisbane's actually – it's good. Like it's an hour-ish from Sydney, you know – with planes now, that it's it's pretty easy to get yeah. interstate, but the the Brisbane comedy scene itself is um, the Brisbane Comedy Festival. I really like. I like doing that and starting my show there in Brisbane because it's my hometown. I'm like, ah, mm. oh, if it all goes badly, at least I've got quick references. Whereas starting somewhere like Adelaide, I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know you people. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm. And what would you say Brisbane is the your favourite? festival to do just because it's hometown mm, it is yeah. yeah yeah and i obviously i sell more tickets in brisbane because i mm. live there um i have a column in the paper there i pop up on the radio there so it's a little bit easier for me than the other cities so brisbane in a way the the income from that um not that it's thousands and thousands of dollars or anything <laughs> <laughs> but it helps to really offset the cost of going down to melbourne yeah. and paying for accommodation for a month um Oh yeah, so it's it's kind of a symbiotic thing for me. It's curated, isn't it, the Brisbane Comedy Festival? So it's not a f- free to enter for anyone, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, yeah, you can't just um, enter. Yeah, you have to sort of they pick. It is curated. Mm. Yeah. And what's your column? You write for the. Uh, I write a yeah for the Courier, Courier Mail. Mail yeah. It's it's in the weekend, the glossy magazine section. I've had that for a few years as well, which I think helps a little bit. I don't know. Just you never know why people come to your show. Like mm. you never really know how they. F- found you or whatever but um yeah i think it all sort of adds up and accumulates somehow have you been to courier mail parties no oh okay i was gonna wonder if you've met robert crash craddock the sports journalist from up there i'm pretty sure he's no, a courier mail i have not met him but i'll <laughs> keep that on my to-do list for you speaking of sport uh we have something in common that i really struggle to find comedians in the scene around australia I could probably think of like 10 that mm. follow Rugby League, mm. the NRL. The best game. Obviously, I live in Melbourne, so it's very AFL heavy. Mm. But you are a Bunnies fan. Yep. Go the Rabbitohs. Why 
Are you not a Brisbane Broncos fan? And has that upset some people in your life? Uh, yes. Um, so, oh, I can't remember how it came about, but I was I always used to watch the footy on the weekends with my parents. Um, the, and by the footy, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm referring to rugby league, the correct game. <laughs> um, and one day, I just saw the Souths uniform. And I was just fascinated by it, by mm. the red and green stripes. I was like, it was just different and better. Then for me, all the other jerseys looked the same. And I was like, that, <laughs> that's amazing. It looks like Christmas. <laughs> and my mum's like, my PE teacher used to play for South. And then it just got in my little mind. And, um, and I just like them better. I don't know. I, just, I think it just looks good. Um, the Broncos, I don't hate the Broncos. I keep like one mm. eye on their, their progress. But I'm a Souths member. And um, I just think they're the best. You and Russell. Me. Up there in the private box. Russell. Tom Cruise has been to some games. Um, Andrew Denton. Ray Martin. uh, (laughs) All the big names. I think I think Adam Hills is a South fan as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a few, there's a few legends out there. There is. Uh, You all have to go to a game when the Tigers play Souths at some point. When when South beat the Tigers. (laughs) Sure, I'll pop in. Sure. Uh, now, before we wrap this up, I have met someone on this trip uh, <laughs> yeah. several times. He, uh, this this character has come out um, just in – we'll just be having dinner yep. or we'll be on, you know, before a gig somewhere. And uh, it's a character by the name of Trent yes. McDonnell. Trent McDonnell. Yeah, yeah who's a 16-year-old boy. Yes. We're not sure where from. But uh, sort of – he kind of lives around Port Macquarie. Port Macquarie. So, okay, northern yeah. New South Wales. Yeah. Uh, bit of a bit of. We're not sure whether he's lying or not. With no, what I he don't says. think he's lying. You don't think so? No, no. Um, Why would he? He's got no reason to lie. <laughs> Where did you? Like, I think you should do this on stage or mm. in Instagram videos. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's a very yeah. good character. Can you just? Um, Introduce Trent to the listeners. Yep. G'day, it's me, Trent McDonald, 16 years old. Oh, I've got 10 Ferraris. I have seven girlfriends. Uh, yeah, I live in a mansion. My dad is a spy. He's in LA at the moment. Probably said too much about that already. And I am a trained marksman. <laughs> All at 16 years of age from Port Macquarie. Yes. Where are you from? Boatman's Bay. Never heard of it, man. Sounds like a loser bay to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, if you want if you want a skateboard, Dan, I'll probably be able to get you a skateboard signed by Tony Hawk because he's actually my uh, dad's cousin. Really? Yep. What? You said you have seven Ferraris? I have ten Ferraris. Ten Ferraris. I have seven five girl- staffies and seven girlfriends. Ten Ferraris? Yep, but uh, at my dad's house. Do you have a license? Oh, uh, they let me drive them because I'm a marksman for the army, so... <laughs> I'm allowed to drive if I want because they see me and they go, oh, yeah, there's that dude that helped us out with that terrorist thing. So, yeah, good on you, Trent, man. Keep going. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> seven girlfriends as well. Yes, one in Australia, six in India. Oh, you've just picked them up on this tour. Yep. <laughs> Haven't you got – how many girlfriends would, do you have, Dan? One. Uh, yeah, a bit of a loser. <laughs> might be uh, – might like to get a couple more, you know. <laughs> um. Would you say Trent is a coping mechanism with being away? <laughs> um, well, there's – yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Trent, Trent's a wonderful escape. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I love Trent. Trent's just—I don't know where Trent even how it even started. I don't know where he came from, but he just—he just started talking to the to the boys, to you and Chenny and Guy Montgomery about his Ferraris. <laughs> but I think I've taught a lot of Trents. I've taught a lot of kids okay, yeah. who have that. And I know we've probably all gone to school with a kid who's like, "Yep, actually, Sophie Monk is my girlfriend." <laughs> That's why she couldn't didn't work out on the Bachelorette singing about Trent. <laughs> Well, I really hope I see more of Trent yeah, in the future. You seem to really connect with him. I mean, yeah. you, ask, you ask him a lot of questions and try and catch him out with his yeah. girlfriends and his Ferraris, but he's uh, he's pretty impenetrable. He did break down the other night, though. We asked him some questions and he ran off in tears. He did get a little bit upset because I think he felt you were, you were calling him a liar. <laughs> Very hurtful. Uh, so what else is on for 2019? We've got Bake Off. We've got Festivals, <sighs> new show. Yep. And we've got tr- more of Trent. Trent. Obviously. <laughs> Trent will be winning the Barry Award. Um, what else? Got a, I've got a – I'm in a new relationship, so I'm going to have to okay. manage that around all this travel and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the new, my new girlfriend lives in Lismore, which mm-hmm. is two hours from Brisbane. Um, Down near Trent, where Trent's from. Sort of around Trent's area, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope Trent doesn't <laughs> – Get in my way and cut my lunch. But um, yeah. So and does she like dogs? She likes dogs. She's got a dog herself. Right. She's got a really big rescue dog, Bull Mastiff, Cross German Shepherd. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I'm go. I can't really think about next year too much. I, I just. I, I need. I know we're on. We're currently on a beach in India, but <laughs> why do home. I need a holiday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going. I'm going to go to Hawaii with her That's before nice. Christmas. Lovely. And then January, I'll just be like stressed to my eyeballs around a new person writing a show. Okay. And she won't understand why I have to have two anxiety naps a day. <laughs> so that'll be great to introduce her to the real me. Yeah, well, that'll test test things out, won't it? Yep. That'd be good. good yep. Good gauge of uh, – and, and any dog – Dog walking in the in the future, we might put that on the back burner for the time being. Bit too busy. Bit too busy at the moment. I've had to. I've not done that in December. Probably won't be able to do any for the first bit of next year. But once half the year's done next year, I'll see where I'm at. I normally started up around June or okay. July. Once all the festivals are kind yeah. of done. Yeah. Have you got, had any cards or anything from dogs saying where are you? Wish you were here. I've had a couple of people contact and say, saw you're unavailable, just wanted to say thanks for everything you've done <laughs> for Sooty. I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah, I did a lot. Clipped his lead on it, <laughs> took him out for a shit. Maybe Trent could out, – you could outsource the dog walking to Trent. I don't know if I'd trust Trent around <laughs> animals. All right. Well, that's pretty much the end. Would you like to plug – Anything? You got some social media. You got uh, you're on Twitter and Instagram, of course. Uh yes. If you uh, if you want to follow me, my full name on Instagram is at Melinda Buttle, and then that's probably my best one. I put my most effort into Instagram, so maybe Instagram is definitely taken over for me from, from yeah. all of the others because it's just so easy and fun and. I don't know. I like to see you. You know, you like to. See. Yeah. I was always a fan of picture books at school rather than. Words. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like just it. just easy to see what people are up to. So yeah, Instagram's my favourite. Um, Dan, you're doing the festivals next year. Mm. What's yeah. your show called? Piece of piss. And it's about your urinary tract infection, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's about it. Oh, you, where where can people buy tickets if they want to find out about the show? They'd go to like comedy.com.au, Is it where all probably? The- 
don't know, mate. I'm in India. I'm on the beach <laughs> having a kingfisher. Uh, yeah, you could just you could pop on comedy.com.au and yeah. come along to welcome aboard. Where well, I will welcome you aboard. Excellent. Well, Melinda Buttle, Mel Buttle, thanks very much for taking it easy with me today. Thanks, Dan. No worries. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, as Mel said there, you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Melinda Buttle, uh, Mel Buttle. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, go see her new show in 2019. Uh, head to comedy.com.au to find out more. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please tell a friend. It'd be much appreciated. Uh, they can find the podcast, as perhaps you did, on iTunes under Daniel Connell, Taking It Easy. I also have the podcast on my website under podcast and that website is danielconnell.com.au. Just head to the podcast section. While you're on there, check out the gig section. I've got a lot of shows coming up and my own festival show called Piece of Piss coming to all festivals in 2019. While you're online, you may as well also check out my Facebook page, Daniel Connell Comedy. Give that a like. Uh, also on Instagram and Twitter, Daniel Connell Comedy. Thanks very much for listening and take it easy.